0: This morning, we're going to look first at God, how he emptied himself in creation, how he poured himself out in creating this incredible universe and our planet. And then once again, he came as a baby, and he emptied himself again and came to live with us. And then once again, he emptied himself on the cross. And so we're going to marvel at each of these things one at a time. So first, the self-giving of God in creation. God was so excited about sharing himself in creation. You you, you can't look at creation too long without understanding that the designer was incredibly excited about what he had done, which is extraordinary. The, The amount of excitement, the amount of celebration, the amount of beauty and joy that he's poured in, knowing that there was going to also be so much pain. Knowing that there was going to be suffering, knowing that there was going to be rejection, that humanity would reject God, all the the mess, all the brokenness, all the pain that was going to come. And yet, the Lord still went for it. And I guess it's like having kids, or it's like having a close friend. Somewhere along the line, they're probably going to break your heart in some way or another. But, There's so much joy that comes through the giving of yourself to that relationship that it's worth it, right? It's worth the struggle. So God went for it. He invested himself fully in our little planet. God pushed the boat out and he made wombats and hummingbirds and manatees and bumblebees. Orchids, owls, and orangutans. That's just a handful of my favorites but not content with that self-expression in the natural world. He then made you and me. He made humanity. And the picture of how he made humanity is so intimate, and you get this clear picture of how God loves to pour himself out for love. He gathered the dust of the earth, and then he breathed his life into the dust of the earth. And... It became a living being. Not content with that, that he would share his breath, he also then declared that we share his very nature. He said, We have made, I will make man in my, we will make man in our image. This is a Trinity conversation Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image. And he shared the most personal thing he had to share with us, which was his very nature, his very personality he poured into us. It's extraordinary. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his workmanship. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he had planned for us long ago. That's Ephesians 2.10. That word workmanship, some translations use masterpiece. But in the Greek, it's poema. Poema. That's where we get the word poem from. So you are God's poem. You are God's deepest expression, poured out and articulated. You are the masterful expression of a God of love. How does that make you feel? It's good, isn't it? I am a walking poem of the Lord of all the earth. That's incredible. His hope is that we would become like him. Jesus said, freely you have received. Now I want you to freely give. As he's poured his life into us, we are to pour it out. Pour our lives out for one another. So in your work, in your families, in your creativity, in your contribution, whatever it is, share yourselves as generously as you can. As wholeheartedly as you can, holding nothing back. And when you do, I believe this is where humanity can see the character of God. Amongst his people who don't hold anything back but pour themselves out sacrificially for the people in this world. I've asked Dave and Freya to come and say a few words um, about sharing their lives through music. I've always felt that the, um, the spoken arts of poetry, of praying, of songwriting is some of the most vulnerable things you can do. Bearing your soul to a bunch of people who may be strangers is a very humble and very generous thing to do. And, so, and I, this is something that I have heard come through your music so much in, in your songwriting, and I'd just love you to share with us um, how important it is to you to put yourselves into your music. <laughs>
1: um, uh, well, for me, it feels... Um, I, I can't force a song. I don't like to do that. Um, the things that kind of... The songs that... Um, stay with us and feel most real are ones that just kind of pour out of you. And, um, yeah, I can't really explain it. Um, it might start with just a line or um, a feeling of something that has happened that I really want to write about. But, um, but I know it's always, um, I don't know, almost, not of me. It's like it's picking it out of the air and just for that moment you kind of grab on to that and uh And are in tune with it, and yeah, the song just comes pouring out so i I think um we don't like to well, we don't really write songs that don't mean anything to us, um because that feels yeah it doesn't feel natural mm. uh, but yeah, but it, it can be quite terrifying singing songs that are so personal in front of people, um but it's it's human, and within that there is something that people can relate to and um find in, in the song.
2: I will just echo everything Freya said. I think Mm -hmm. there is like a a spirit um, in the air. And I think depending on where you are internally, you can just pick from it. And, and it's quite, when it happens, if you're an artist or a poet or a songwriter, you'll know the feeling or just anything in cooking, even when you add two ingredients together and find a new combination it's kind of a euphoric feeling Mm. and um and sometimes you can write something so personal that actually you know that you're never going to share that one with anyone Mm. but then maybe that's our job to push ourselves to um to share things that um are challenging because that's where you can really connect with somebody Mm. we've had we've played songs and thought nothing of it and people might come up to us crying and it's connected to them in a way that we certainly wouldn't have expected it to. Um, So I think music and art and poetry and and everything like that is such a a one-way ticket to the soul. Uh, It's a really, it transcends, I think, just conversation. and um, Yeah, I think that's how I feel about it.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, that was wonderful, wasn't it? Okay, it's your turn now not to play. Um, You'll find a card under your seats, um, and on one side, there is a question, and the question is this, what contribution has God called me to make to others? And then there's a follow-on question, and how can I invest more of myself in it? So what contribution has God called you to make to others? And how can you invest more of yourself in it? Let's just take a couple of minutes just to reflect on these things. If you need a pen, there's a few over on the white table at the back there. Sorry, I think we've run out of cards. So the question was this. What contribution has God called you to make to others? And how can you invest more of yourself in it? This is a good exercise in us learning to do silence in this church. Something we don't do very much of. It's great. There'll be more of that coming up. I want to pray, Father, before we move on, I pray that each person here would discover the fullness of what you've given to us to contribute to others. Lord, for most of us, there's an array of things things that you've given to us that are to bless. Lord, help us to be courageous enough and inspired to pour ourselves out more fully. We want to leave it all on the field. We want to come to you in our last day knowing that we have poured ourselves out for the love of the people around us. Amen. So you can continue to reflect on that one as we go on to our next way that the Lord poured himself out. God gave himself fully to us in creation, holding nothing back for our delight, but he didn't stop there. He gave himself again. The opening words of John's gospel link the generous creator of Genesis to the generous coming of God in the person of Jesus Christ These are the words that I opened our service with today, but I'm going to read them again because they're just too good. In the very beginning, the living expression was already there, or the Word. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together, face to face, in the very beginning. And through His creative inspiration, this living expression made all things. For nothing has existence apart from Him. Life came into being because of him, for his life is light for all humanity, and this living expression is the light that bursts through the gloom, the light that darkness could not diminish. Then suddenly a man appeared who was sent from God, a messenger named John, for he came to be a witness to the and um, to point the way to the light of life and to help everyone believe John was not that light, but he came to show who is. For he was merely a messenger to speak the truth about the light. For the light of truth was about to come into the world and shine upon everyone. He entered into the very world he created, yet the world was unaware. He came to the very people he created, to those who should have recognized him, but they did not receive him. But those who embraced him and took hold of his name were given authority to become children of God. Hallelujah. He was not born by the joining of human parents or from natural means or by a man's desire, but he was born of God. And so the living expression became a man and lived among us. And we gazed upon the splendor of his glory. been reflecting on the incarnation of God in Jesus for 20 years, and I still can't quite fathom the magnitude of this choice that the Lord made. To leave the joy and the glory and the beauty of heaven in the immediate presence of his Father, and to be born into a painful world in a humble stable to a humble family. The self giving involved in that decision is off the scale. It's incredible. No one has ever humbled themselves to the same degree. And this was such a big deal to the early church. They wrote songs about it. Turn to Philippians and chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and from verse 6. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to or something to grasp for. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name that is above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. That is a first century song captured in Philippians. Don't you love that? There is no grasping or self promotion in Jesus. So he enjoyed the place of highest honor and perfect joy and perfect peace. And from that perspective, he saw humanity with its flaws and its brokenness, and he said, I want to be with them. What a choice to make. If it means that all these beautiful people have an opportunity to be healed and restored and welcomed into eternal life, I can cope with a few sleepless nights, mosquito bites, and family fights. They're worth it. Jesus went further out of his way to be with people than anyone ever has. He loved them, and he enjoyed their love, even if it was an imperfect human kind of love. So I've got another question for you all this morning on the other side of your cards. Again, it's a two-parter. Who do I need to go out of my way for at the moment? Who do I need to go out of my way for at the moment? And a second part to that, who has gone out of their way to walk with me and help me to know the Lord better? So who do I need to go out of my way for and who has gone out of their way for me We all got something. Father, we thank you for all the people that have gone out of their way for us. People that have cared enough about us to invest in us in some way. Whether it's picking us up at a low point, being a listening ear, noticing us when we needed to be noticed. Or somebody that's invested in us, inspired us called us forward, given us a rite of passage, someone that's given us opportunity or someone that's just believed in us no matter what. Lord, we thank you for all those that have invested in us and we ask that we would have the grace to see those that you want us to invest in and the courage to respond. Even if it's awkward, help us to to be willing to walk across a room and share something and trust that you will raise people up. Amen. Okay, finally, Jesus didn't just pour himself out in creation and the incarnation. He also gave himself fully once again in his crucifixion. Max Lucado puts it this way. God's gift of the cross sheds the clearest light on God's heart. God's good and generous heart. Jesus' brother James tells us that every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. Isn't that wonderful? Every gift reveals God's love, but no gift reveals his love more than the gift of the cross. It came not wrapped in paper, but in passion, not placed around a tree, but a cross, and not covered with ribbons, but sprinkled with blood. The gift of the Lord was Himself once again to die in our place. And it was the greatest, most personal, and thoughtful gift anyone could ever receive. It's the one thing we really needed. And it's the one thing that only He could give infinitely expensive, eternally useful, and precious. It was a gift that had the ability to transport us into a new kind of life, a life like his, a life of self-giving love. Let's read Romans and chapter eight. This is our last scripture for this morning. Romans chapter eight, verses three and four. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish, because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent us his Son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's Son gave his body to be the sin offering. So that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the Anointed One, living his life in us. And we are free to live, not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. What a great passage! And you love that? So he gave himself again completely so that we could in real terms throw off our self-centered life and enter into the same self-giving life of God, empowered by his spirit. This is now in your DNA, and it's in mine. Along with Jesus, we too have the power to say, we go forth into this world not to be served, but to serve and to give our lives as an offering for many. In the moments before he went to the cross, he met together with his friends one last time, sharing in truth just like we're doing right now. And at the most significant moment of the evening, he used one of the most simple and the most powerful visual aids to share and to pass on this self-giving heart with his friends. He took a humble, simple loaf of bread. And he gave thanks. And he broke it. And he said, take it and eat it. This, my body, is broken for you. He said, do this. In remembrance of me. We're going to pass this amongst ourselves and we're going to remember Jesus. And this self-giving life of Christ is given to us that we might take it deeply into our lives, that we might get this life of Christ into our gut and live it. After supper, he took the cup and he blessed it and he said, This is the cup of the new covenant, the new relationship that I have with humanity. Drink from it, all of you, in remembrance of me.